Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Elm Park Roars preview podcast. I'm Matt Williamson and I am joined as always by Matt Joy. How are you doing, Matt? Very well, thank you, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I mean, it's been a bit of a mixed week when it comes to Reading. Yeah, certainly peaks and troughs throughout this week. I think it's safe to say since the last time we sat down and uh, and recorded together, there's been some good moments and there's been some less than good moments. I can pick out a few of those from uh, Tuesday night, and I'm sure you could as well. But um, after last night's news, a touch more positivity uh, around the place, and um, I'm sure we'll get onto that. But I think that actually could prove to be even better than perhaps it, it appears uh, at, at you know on first glance. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, start at the beginning. So, obviously, a nice, easy 2-1 win versus Preston last week. Um, there's not really too much to say about it that hasn't already been said, but like, uh, I think everyone felt a bit bit happier after that. Yeah, I think it was... If it wasn't the second game of the season, it would probably be one that had been forgotten about within... If that was in a you know a congested period of six games within the space of three weeks or whatever, I think that one might be forgotten about. It wasn't the, the most exciting game, but Femi Aziz obviously got his first senior goal and then quickly followed that up against Bristol City. And there was there were some bright moments. John Swift had another fantastic game, scored the winner, and you know ran the show from the midfield. He looks like he's on fine form this se- uh, this season so far. And uh, but then obviously we had the news with Lucas Zhao is probably the, the main takeaway from that if you take away the result and uh, obviously his his lengthy injury yeah i mean lucas Zhao is just lucas Zhao. you kind of know what you're going to get from him both on and off the field unfortunately and that meant that on tuesday night uh puska started up top again a lot been said about him uh we don't need to focus on him too much but it, it wasn't a great result in the end no, I, I thought Puskas in the first half, uh, I thought he was actually relatively decent. And there was a few touches where he would, you know, get the ball back to goal. But instead of maybe trying to take a touch and out-muscle it, 
you know, a bigger centre half. He was quickly pinging the ball out wide and a few nice little tricks and flicks. And that uh, at that point, I thought, okay, there's, you know, he, he does at least know. What he's doing. I didn't think he had any support from the midfield, especially in the first half. I think him and Aziz were very isolated. Um, but then I think after the break, yeah, it, his influence dwined quite, uh, quite considerably, quite quickly. And it, I think, but for Liam Moore's late goal, I. I I'm a massively a more fan. I think he's, you know, exemplified a lot of what's been good about the club in, in recent years in a, in a turbulent time, but I thought it was one of his, probably one of his worst displays. Um, he seemed uh, rash. You know, there, there'll be moments when I said to a couple of the guys in the, in the press box, I just felt that the ball would be a couple of yards away with him from him. Sorry. And he would have you know plenty of space, but he would run to the ball, take a heavy touch and then it would be under pressure again. I just thought he just needed to be. There was no calm. There was no organisation. And we saw that with some of the goals. I mean, it just was so not petulant because, you know, we weren't giving away too many fouls. It was just there was um, an urgency, but not in a good way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, especially in that first 15 minutes, it felt like we just never got our bearings and sort of failed to come back from that point, really. Um Paunovic did mention in his post-match comments about Puskas' injury last season and, you know, he had a coronavirus layoff in pre-season. Do we think that maybe he's just not not back to being fully fit yet? I think you have to kind of balance it. You you do have to acknowledge that, but at the same time, he's not the only player in the Championship who's had injuries, who's had, you know, uh, disrupted summer periods. You know, there's players who've been coming at Look at Liam Moore, he's just come back from uh, the, the Gold Cup, for example. Um, you do, yeah, he has had to you know go through a, a fair amount in the last year, but I think I'm personally now at the point where you know he was a lot of money, and there's only so long you can say, Well, you know, he scored a goal five games ago, so we, you know, it, it could be there, we could be back to the. I think he needs to step out massively because I think he's at risk now of a fair few fans turning on him. And I don't think he deserves to get, you know, abuse or anything like that. But I think the criticism is becoming more justified. Um, whether it's entirely his fault, I think we play a system that doesn't necessarily suit his game in a way that it does other strikers. But I wouldn't say I'm losing, you know, patience with him, but I, I am getting to the point where I'm thinking, right, you need to offer more. You know, the, the financial outlay that we, <clears throat> excuse me, that we, you know, we gave we've not had a return for that value at this point. Yeah, I mean, it is obviously difficult to try to take things in isolation um, with any player. But as you say, I thought he played okay on Tuesday. Like, I don't think he was really the problem. And um, I had another point and I've completely forgotten it. So we'll just move on. I could fill um, it in with one more quick point about that. I had. Just on the, you know, the lack of depth that's been talked about and the the lack of, uh, you know, if you get a couple of injuries, it's, it could all look a bit a bit pear-shaped. The one thing last year, it was that solid quartet of Renamota, Lauren, Moore and Morrison. And they were the four that normally were the, well, they were the guaranteed starters, but they were normally, you know, the first four names on the team sheet because they were the players who, their fitness last year was good and, you know, they, they were the ones that Panovic relied on. I think that's probably been the weakest area of our team so far this season. I think... Rinamara and Lauren have not done they they've not been awful, but they've not had the influence on games in, you know, closing down the, the play in the midfield. And Moore and Morrison, 
I they were decent against Preston, but in the other two games I've been uh, the other three. No, I was going to say the other three, but the, the cup team was obviously a bit different. But no, the other two league games I think had just a whole defensive unit has been really really poor. I remember what I was going to say. It was about Puskas and um, his injury last season. I think really hurt the perception that fans have of him because obviously. Mm. I think if he'd backed up his first season where, okay, people were still unhappy, but he managed to bag 13 goals. If he'd backed that up with, say, another 10, 15 as like a backup striker, mm. well, maybe 10 as a backup striker, then people would be, you know, giving him a lot more leeway at this point. But unfortunately, like he lost half the season and then never looked fit. Um, well, yeah, terms- you look at, I was going to say, you just look at, you know, Yakumete, his fitness record isn't the, the yeah. best at the club, but when he is fit and he gets a run of games, normally goals will come. So, I Absolutely. That's that kind of just proves your point that you know Reading fans won't turn unnecessarily if you do have injury problems, but you have to make your mark in the games that you do play. Yeah, absolutely. And as for um Morrison Moore and the kind of square that with them and Rinamota and Laurent, do you think that maybe we'll and we saw this actually in Bristol City, we started as a back five and very quickly shifted to a back four so that that kind of block was back in place do we think we'll likely see a four this weekend as well i think you'd probably start off with a four but i wouldn't like to see uh cons- excuse me if you hear banging by the way we've got some builders next door um yeah i wouldn't like to see the formation getting changed early on you know regularly because that shows that you've made a mistake in your lineup because yeah. you, you know you'll work on a game plan and that will be with having a, a back four or a back five whatever it may be to change that so quickly show that it wasn't working. So you've got to look at with the players available. I think the, the back four is certainly the the best option, and I think it's just a case of you've got to drill it. You've got to get it better. It's yeah, your professional footballers. There's no, there's no. I would say there's no excuse. You know, everyone has has off days, but there's not. You're not going to forget how to defend overnight. You know, Liam Moore and Morrison aren't going to forget how to be a good partnership overnight. They need to work on whatever it may be. That's that's what they're paid to do. Yeah, I mean, one thing that did come out of the press conference again after Bristol City was about John O'Shea. And it did sound like he had influence in the set pieces last season. Um, I mean, it, it seems crazy that just losing John O'Shea would cause such an effect this early. Like, just tell them to do the same thing they were doing last year. But mm. do we think it's had an effect? Well, Panovic said, you know, he's a fantastic asset. And I, I have to say, actually... Uh, I asked, you know, for, for questions on Twitter and said, has anyone, anyone got anything you want me to put pop to the manager? Someone actually mentioned Josh. It wasn't in my thoughts at the time. And I thought, you know what, well, that is a brilliant, brilliant question. So I can't remember who the the uh, guy to guy slash girl who tweeted it in, but whoever it was, thank you. That was a brilliant, brilliant question. Uh, and I think, yeah, it does have a big influence because, you know, John O'Shea had a fantastic playing career. At the end of his career, you could say that he didn't have the legs and he didn't have maybe the the athleticism, but you don't forget how to, you know, organise a defence, how to where you want to be in terms of a positional uh, sense, when you want to attack a ball, leave it, how you want to double up on players, maybe all of that sort of stuff. That's you pick up through experience. That's why you know some of the best centre halves in the world are normally over the age of thirty because they have that nous, have that wherewithal, and to lose that, it's only one man and. Uh, by no means, as I said, are these guys incapable of playing football all of a sudden. But yeah, having that in your corner, you'd rather have it than not. So I, I think there's no doubt that it had some form of uh, impact, yeah. 
And uh, as you touched on at the beginning of the podcast, we've now signed yet another player. That's two in two weeks, or two in, in one week, really. Mm. Um, what, like, this This was talked about during the summer, Junior Hoyler, and nothing mm. ever came of it. Is that just because he was at the Gold Cup and this has been in the pipeline for a while? Uh, it's been in the pipeline for a while. It's not just because he was at the Gold Cup. Uh, it's my understanding that Reading got the green light on loan deals before they got the green light on free transfers and you know short-term contracts purely because there's no signing on fees you can make an ag- agreement with another club as reading did with watford and it's it's an easier one to get over the line i understand that over the last kind of couple of weeks reading have just been trying to get those details in terms of being able to bring in um you know uh free free signings i don't know what the whether there's a, a uh, perhaps a wage cap I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head it's all sort of happened quite quickly and we, but I, you know I've, I've spoken to people that I'm very confident that that was the case and the fact that we have now been able to get that over the line shows that hopefully there's two avenues now that Reading can look into as free agents and uh, loan moves that might also be why we haven't seen other moves materialise as of this point well it, it, it is um, and you know you look back to Kadeem Harris he was the club said they were very keen on him, but at that point, he obviously as a free agent, they couldn't make that move straight away. So, you know, with Kadeem Harris, I, we said that his trial had ended. It had because you know at that point the club weren't in a position, and you know other clubs were and probably still are interested. But if nothing materialises now, Reading can do this, and the, if the finances allow, we might see a you know a, a one eighty. As I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, it, it might be that Reading go back. Uh, because they were certainly interested. So it could be an interesting few weeks, and I think it's a, a sensible signing. Uh, experience brings in you know, some extra legs. I don't think he's going to be player of the season. I don't think he's going to you know, be the, the first name of the team sheet, but uh, you know, Hoylet is a, a proven championship player. He's got a lot of games under his belt, and I think he'll be a, a sensible and you know, worthwhile addition. Yeah, I mean, you would expect Ovi to still be the first choice on that left wing. Um, but it's nice to just have options there. And and now if Swift gets injured, it's easier to move Ovi into the centre, which is presumably what will happen. And and Hoyler, or mm. by the looks of it, TDB can can cover there. Yeah, and that's one one thing we didn't cover is TDB. I do enjoy calling him that, by the way. I hope no one takes offence to that because I, I think it rolls off the tongue really nicely. Um, but I thought he was brilliant on them. Um, well, you know, brilliant. I say brilliant. He didn't go and get two goals and then assist. But, you know, I thought he was a... A very good debut from him against against Bristol City. I thought he was sharp. He was nimble. He, he got out of tight spaces well. He was keen to run at players. His last touch sometimes left him let him down. He would try and take it around someone. It'd be a bit of a heavy touch and all that. But he's you know clearly keen to impress. And I think good things are, are certainly coming. Yeah, I think it's the kind of he seems to be on a similar wavelength to John Swift. I'm not sure anyone is on the same wavelength, but like his his kind of. He looks to give and go and he looks for those kind of passes that, yeah. you know, when and players he, are making runs. So a positive start, at least. Yeah, and it, he does, I think, also what Yakumete does and I think what makes Yakumete such a popular player with Reading fans is because he's on the pitch, he does take, you know, men on. He does drive at men down the wing. Sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes you think, oh my word, that's <laughs> probably wasn't the best idea. But sometimes it pays dividends and... You know, you want that in a player. I think no one would necessarily. I, I think you know it's very simplistic just to say you always want you know your team to run forward and pass forward and you can't go backwards and all that. But in terms of having you know 
players, uh, sorry, fans back in the ground. If you got the option of taking on a man or popping it back to, you know, Rinamota in the centre circle, you know, fans are going to want to see players who want to take the initiative and, and you know, try and, and try and create openings. So I think he, he's certainly at this point looks like a, a good addition to the squad. And coming on to this weekend's game, um, obviously Bristol started against Bristol City and then the formation change pushed him to left wing quite quickly. Um, are we expecting one of TDB or, I mean, Hoylet seems like it would be, you know, pushing it to say that he's going to start mm. at the weekend, but but presumably somebody else is going to be playing on that left wing other I, than Bristol. Yeah, I think if I had to put money on it, I'd probably go TDB at this point because, you know, he made a decent impression off the bench. He's he's got the clearly got the fitness. He's, I think, excuse me, I think he yeah could could give an hour. I think uh, Gina Hoyle will just uh, it's too early for him. He is eligible, and but it's very rare you see someone coming in a couple of days before a game and you know being thrown straight in at the deep end. I expect him to probably be on the bench. Reading don't exactly have huge amounts of strength in depth at the moment fit and available so I think he is eligible and I wouldn't surprise me at all to see him make a, a 20 25 minute cameo off the bench as you said he's been at the gold cup so he's you know not short of fitness he's not had a long summer so yeah I think we'll see some something from him but um I, I would say probably TDB I I would if I was picking a team I'd, I'd start him in that position I mean, rather jump the gun here with that question, but is Ovi still unavailable for this weekend? Yes, yeah, he uh, is self-isolating at this point. I, To be honest, I'm not 100% sure on the maths in terms of next weekend. I'll have to double-check that with Panovic tomorrow. I sort of put the... Uh, we asked the question, I was like, and we, we weren't exactly 100% when the, the, the notification came in. Um, so it, it may be a case it's just this weekend, but you know, more importantly than him getting back to on the pitches more important they just get back to you know full health and all that so i personally you know, wish him all the best and hopefully he's uh back doing what he can do best sooner rather than later yeah and potentially there are obviously knock-on effects with testing positive maybe that does set him back in fitness he didn't you know he's, he's been out yeah, for a while I, now hasn't he exactly and i think you know it, I, it depends i suppose it depends on his symptoms if he's and you know his facilities where he currently is if he's at home he's got some gym equipment and he can get on a treadmill with relative ease he may well be doing i you know i, yeah. I wouldn't be able to or, or he could be in, in bed with some soup i mean we, we really don't be, know he could have some yeah chicken soup and an episode of the sopranos on something like that uh, and the other one, we didn't really touch on this either, but Tom McIntyre, obviously, he probably didn't have the best game on um, Tuesday night and he didn't have the best game at Stoke either. Are we still expecting him to be first choice left back? I keep saying, are we? Like, like I'm asking, like, I'm asking, are you expecting? Am I expecting it? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I think he's... You know, he's one for the future. They've, they've tied him down on a, a contract over this summer and, you know, he was one of the first ones to do so. He wants to be it. He's clearly improving. It's He's still at the early... It feels like he's been around, I think, a lot longer than he actually has in terms of, you know, his first team influence. It's only been, what, two seasons, perhaps? I remember chatting to him after the uh, FA Cup winner against Blackpool, which I think was last January. And I think at that point that was it felt like I remember thinking, oh, he's just you know he's just coming through. This is you know exciting for so that was only what eighteen months ago, maybe a couple more. But yeah, I mean, it, 
he's still he's still an emerging player. I think in a couple of years it'll be we'll probably see more consistency than we've seen so far this year. But for the sake of two games, I think you can you can lay them off certainly. And finally, what is your score prediction going to be? I think Renan will win. I think uh, it's. I think some somewhere one sort of footballing god is deliberately giving Reading all the bad news at once, so all the social media reaction goes incredibly negative, and then everything seems to be all right again, which seems to be the way in football. So you know, you pick up the win as we did against Preston, and it was things seemed a lot rosier. You know, you lose against Bristol, we get a new signing in. So I think now we're on the the good swing, and I'll go for a narrow one nil win. Uh, so we, I've already recorded the bit after this, and I think in that it's very difficult to remember what I said, but I think I went for a two-one loss. Um, I should well, do what the Barnsley guy did. It's quite rare that we're completely at the opposite end of the scale. So, I mean, my I think I am basing this more on on heart than head, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it for some reason. So I expect my hopes may well be dashed come quarter past three when we've conceded from a corner, but we shall see. Well, the novelty of being back at football hasn't quite worn off. So, like, even a 2-1 loss, I'd probably enjoy it, I guess. To be honest, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I could go on for, about this for a while, but I, I said to my housemate when I got back on, on uh, after the Stoke game, you know, despite the result and even losing in the 85th minute, I just had a great day because it was a great atmosphere. It just felt like, you know, I was driving up the motorway looking forward to going there, not just thinking I'm just going to go and watch essentially a glorified training session. So... Yeah, I think that's probably a bit of it as well. It's just that you've got those old kind of just just the the excite the excitement's back, and uh, maybe maybe that's clouding my judgment. Yeah, we'll see if you still feel that way after a one nil loss at loss probably at not. Huddersfield next week, and you've got a <laughs> four or five hour journey back. Yeah, no, maybe maybe that's a fair point. Maybe that's a fair point. I, I doubt there'll be as many Reading fans going to that one either, but you you never know. Yeah, no, again, probably a fair point there. But anyway, uh, thanks very much as always, Matt. Um, I hope you trip up to the Rico, or I think it's called something else now, but whatever it is called, I hope it goes swimmingly. And, Thank, uh, you, mate. Thank you. Maybe we'll have three points. You, you, That's good. I guess you've got to be positive. But anyway, uh, next up, we talk to Tom from Sky Blues Extra. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm here with Tom from the Sky Blues Extra podcast. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Good to be on. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, Commentary have started the season relatively well, haven't they? Yeah, it's been a, been a decent start. Two, two wins out of three, so can't complain too much. Um, probably should have got a little bit more against Barnsley away as well. So, yeah, can't complain too much really so far. Yeah, I mean, Barnsley are a bit of an unknown quantity this season, aren't they? So I saw Luton beat them the other night, but I mean, who knows what's going to happen at Oakwell. Um, Given that you kind of came up, you solidified last season, what's your target for this year? 
Yeah, I think it's probably relatively similar to last year. I think the primary target, obviously, is to stay in the division. You know, first and foremost, that's got to be the main aim. But I think probably, I think most Co fans are looking a little bit higher than that now. So I think we, I think we finished sixteenth in the end last season, fifty-five points. Obviously, that's pretty, pretty solid. Obviously, had a strong end to the season. Um, so I think any, if we had that or an improvement on that, I think we'd all be pretty happy, to be honest. Um, I think we're just enjoying the ride and obviously being back in the ground. It almost feels like it's our first season in the championship because we weren't there last year. So I think, yeah, just staying in the division would be great if we can finish mid-table even better. I, I think a top half finish isn't out of question, to be honest, as well, especially with the start we've made. So, yeah, I think we're just enjoying the ride really at the moment. I think it's so hard to know, much like Barnsley, like a lot of the teams this year are, are just sort of could be anywhere between like <clears throat> playoffs or up top half to to relegation candidates, much like Reading. Um, but we're, you know, I'll try and stay positive. Um, so your summer was actually relatively interesting from a championship point of view. Um, you brought in some low knees, um, brought, I, I'm not even going to say Victor's last name because I'll get it completely wrong, but you... <laughs> Brought Victor back. Um, do you feel like you've got a, swan, uh, a stronger squad than you did last year? Yeah, I'd say so overall. I think it was one of those where we made a few signings and, you know, as like with, with most clubs, probably fans are always a little bit sceptical about players coming in. But, you know, the sort of, you know, the markets that we're, we're look, you know, we're, we're fishing in aren't, aren't, you know, we're not spending millions and millions on players. Well, I don't think anyone is this summer, to be honest. Um, so they're always going to be slightly unknown quantities. Um, I think, but we, but for the business we've done, I've been pretty pretty impressed. We we got Simon Moore in goal, who's been like a bit of an understudy most of his career. He's been unbelievable the first three games. Everyone's buzzing about him and definitely improvement on what we had. Um, Victor is shared, and we say, oh, I, I say Jokeres, but every Koff fan probably pronounces his name slightly differently. So you're not the only one who's struggling with that one. Um, yeah, he's one that we had on loan um, as a striker last season from Brighton and managed to get him on a permanent. He's again really impressed so far. So, and then there's there's a few that we're not sure about yet. So we signed Martin Waghorn, who you know obviously got tons of experience and pedigree at the level, but probably he's, you know he's coming towards the end of his career. Um, hasn't maybe impressed so far as much as we thought he might do. Um, and there's other ones like Bright and Bakari, who we had on loan a few years ago, who was class when we had him on loan. And again, he hasn't he's not fully fit yet. So I'd say probably. There's probably two or three who've like really impressed so far, and then there's probably a couple of others who haven't quite sort of come to the table yet. But I think overall we're pretty happy with the business we've done in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Enna Bakari is one of those that I've signed in on on FM a few times, and he always does the business for me. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to actually seeing him properly, even if it's yeah. not this weekend. Yeah, he's probably easier to manage on FM than he is in real life. So, yeah, well, let's <laughs> let's not go into that. Um, and then uh, one of the names that you did sign on loan from Chelsea, Ian Matson, he was linked to us over summer. So, w- what's he been like? Oh, I'm not sure if he was actually linked, but people wanted him here anyway. Yeah, no, he's he's been he's been impressive. Obviously, he had a full season at Charlton last year, and and really impressed. I always think when you when you see. Um, you know, fans of another club sort of begging for a loan player to come back and they're all gutted he's left. It's usually a good sign. Um, and obviously only three games in, but yeah, he's been really impressive. First game, what did, you know, little was a bit bit wobbly really, but the last two games he's looked really solid. Um, and it was, you know, a difficult position to fill because we've we had Sam, Sam McCallum for the last two or three years 
who's been classed for us. Um, but no, I've been really impressed with Matson. He's not the biggest player, but you know, playing out on the wing, he doesn't need to be really. So no, he, he looks good. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's definitely a, a dangerous threat down the left with some of the balls he's been putting in. So how how have you guys been lining up? Like, I'm pretty sure you're still playing three slash five at the back. <laughs> is it is it a similar system to last year? Yeah, pretty much similar. Yeah, stuck stuck to it with the three at the back and the w- wing backs. Obviously, you've got Matson on one side, you've got Dabo on the other. Both really good wing backs. Um, and then it just sort of varies whether we play two one or two up front. Really, we play we play a box midfield anyway. Whatever happens, um, and then yeah, it just depends if that switches to a like an additional striker or against Blackpool in the week we had um, yeah Victor up front on his own, but with Jamie Allen kind of just behind him. So um, that's sort of how we how we set up, um, and yeah, it, it seems to work pretty well to be honest. We play some nice some nice intricate football. So um, so yeah. Are you confident going into this weekend's game, given that, you know, Reading have conceded a lot of goals and, and you've been pretty decent so far? Yeah, I'm fairly confident. It's I think it's a really hard one to predict. I probably say that every week on our podcast, but <laughs> with every team we play. But um, no, I think, you know, there's we do feel quite confident. Obviously, when you go away from home and win 1-0 in the week, you're always going to feel pretty pretty up for it. You know, there'll be a decent crowd there. The fans are in a pretty positive mood, so the atmosphere will be pretty good. So lots of lots of things like, you know, to lead towards it being a positive result. But you just never really know with us um what's gonna happen. Obviously, home form has been pretty good over the last couple of years, but then we've we've just obviously moved back to the to the Rico. So um <clears throat> it's a hard one to call, but yeah, I mean we there's no reason why why we won't be looking for a for a positive result for sure. Yeah, I completely forgot to mention the Rico. Like, surely it's just nice to be back there. Yeah, oh, it's so it's so good to be back. Yeah, I mean the first the first game against Forest was just unbelievable. Um, just yes, like uh, you know, at, great atmosphere. So good to be back. So, you know, seeing the same old faces from you know that you haven't seen for a while. I mean, just being back at football in general, obviously, but then also being back in your own city is just obviously a double you know double whammy. So. Um, and yeah, and, and you know the match day experience has got a lot better there now. They've they've just built like a sky blue tavern in the in the city centre with like tons of like memorabilia and stuff in it. So there's things like that that are just making it feel even more special to be back. So yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty good. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to be commuting to Birmingham. Like no, not really. <laughs> no, like in inside or outside of football, it's just you know. You know I went to uni there. Yeah, let's let's not talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, so the other player that we haven't actually mentioned yet, um, last season a bit of a revelation, uh, Gustavo Hamer. Um, has he kept up that form? Yeah, he has. I mean, interestingly, his, his form dipped a little bit actually towards the end of last season. Probably after Christmas, it dipped a bit, and I suppose no one really knew why. In particular, there wasn't. I mean, there was various reasons people put forward. You know, was there interest in January that sort of distracted him a little bit? Was it him settling over here? Obviously, with like being locked down for a lot of it as well, did that affect him and his family? So there was, you know, no no crowd. Is he a player who thrives off there being a crowd in, inside the ground? So. His his form dipped off a little bit, but I have to say the start of this season he's been he's been back to his best. He he really has. Um yeah, he's been really bossing every game we've played in. So and maybe he does thrive off the crowd a little bit. 
you know, it must be so difficult. Some, especially, you know, games like Tuesday, if that was last year and you're going away to Blackpool and there's no crowd in there, it's, you know, it can be tough. But I think he's one of those players, he's thriving off the crowd. They absolutely love him. Um, so he's, yeah, he's a good player. He's definitely one for you, for you chaps to watch out for on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he, he does seem like a fiery character. Like he would be, he does need that kind of outside atmosphere to get himself going a bit. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. He's definitely, yeah, he's definitely a fiery character. He'll, you know, he'll probably get booked on Saturday. It's no surprise, really. He'll, he'll probably clatter into someone at some point. That's just that's what he's like. But, um, but no, he's 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 a really good player. His his passing ability is and his range is is unbelievable. His dead ball play is class. His tackling as well. Like one thing I at Barnsley away, I was like was surprised by is how good his tackling is. You know, he'll just from behind, just dig out the ball somehow. And you're like, how, how on earth have you done that? So, no, he's a, he's a very gifted player. Um, definitely one to watch out for. And then another kind of Reading link is Dominic Hyam in the centre of defence. He's played every minute so far, as have about eight or nine of your players. Um, how How's he doing for you? Like, I know that he, <laughs> I, he's been an ever-present almost ever since he's joined you, hasn't he? Yeah. He's one of those who, you know, he's he's one of those players whose first name on the team sheet every week. It's, it's funny, this might sound strange, but you almost forget he's playing in the sense that he, he'll do everything right and he'll, you know, he'll give a seven or eight out of 10 performance every week. So he's, you know, we don't talk about him on the pod because he's not, it's just what you expect from him. It's never a surprise when he has a great game. He rarely makes a mistake. Um, he's just one of those players who's just always in the side. So um, yeah, very, very solid, very, very solid centre half um, and just has really established himself actually. So I think he, I think we got him what about three or four years ago, um, and he was initially signed to play in our under because our our model as well as the academy is to sign players when they're young, get them in the under twenty threes, and then obviously you know some will make it, some won't. He was one of those who just broke in really quickly to the first team, uh, way earlier than any of us thought, um, and on literally since that day, which would have been when we were in League Two as well, I think, or possibly League One, he hasn't, he's hardly missed a game since then. Um, so really established in, in our defence and, and yeah, he's, he's a really key player and he's becoming more of a leader in our team as well. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to hear, you know, academy guys, even if they don't make it at your club, go somewhere else and, and do really well. So always nice to hear that. Um, yeah. I guess the kind of final couple of questions, like what, what kind of game are you expecting on Saturday? Are you expecting KG or, or more open? tough question i mean i'd say it's probably going to be more open i mean i think we'll you know i expect us to come out the blocks early to be honest with you i mean we have done in all our games so far and you know confidence will be up so yeah i don't think yeah i think it'll be a case of us coming out the blocks early and kind of going for it so could be quite an open game i would i would imagine i don't see too many reasons why it why it'd be too cagey um so yeah, but as I said, it's always a hard one to call. You know, if if we turn up, then I can you know I, I can see us hopefully getting the win. But yeah, you just never know with Kov. <laughs> yeah, well, likewise. And um, I guess, what is your prediction then? Like uh, in terms of a scoreline, I'll, I'll be I'll be positive. I'll go I'll go for a two nil win, two nil home win. See, that's probably not a bad prediction, to be honest. I, I'd like to think that we'll score. Um, I, I'll go for a 2-1 Coventry win. Uh, you can't be realistic about these things, don't you? I mean, we haven't played yeah. that well. Um, especially given that you you look like you uh, 
keep all the all the ball. So that that won't be fun for us. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, we do we do keep the ball really well. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a yeah challenge for you lot. Well, uh, thanks very much, Tom or Wardy. I'll use both names this time. Um, <laughs> hopefully, the game on Saturday is at least a good one with all the fans back. Um, may, maybe we'll sneak a win. Maybe. Uh, thanks very much, Frank. <laughs> no, cheers, Hamilton.